0: And I want you to hear this. One of the biggest problems that we have as Christians is we're not grateful. Mm-hmm. We're very selfish. Mm-hmm. Okay? And you've heard of this pastor, preach this many times. It ain't about you. It ain't about me. It's about him. Right. But the world and the Christian community, through the prosperity gospel, through all these different things, have all of a sudden made it about us? Am I making sense? okay and because of that when things don't go the way we think they should, we throw a temper tantrum. I know nobody in here. I'm only speaking about myself okay we get we get all we get all offended we get all bothered when things don't go the way well, you know this is God. you show me one place in the Bible where it says, because it's God, everything's going to go smooth. Or because it's God, everything's not going to go bad. And so because of this, I believe we give place to the enemy because we forget where everything we are. If you need notes for tonight, uh, he's got some. Lift your hand up high. He'll give you some. This is this is our... Um, I give notes where you guys can, I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to go home and study it. I want you to go home, take the notes, and read for yourselves. And so I wanted to start with this, and then I've got several different things that I I want to articulate here uh, just for a moment, and then we'll get into the other things. So Jeff, if you would read Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, and I'm going to stop him along the way. Because I, I want to emphasize a couple things, okay? So, Jeff, if you
1: would please. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Okay, stop. What's the first, the first
0: declaration there that he says? Be anxious and nothing. Okay, that word "anxious." Most of us don't know the word anymore. It's, it's just the old word for worry. Okay, be be anxious. Don't worry about anything. There's another translation that puts it this way. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Okay. Be anxious for nothing. The passage that he's reading. What version are you reading? Okay. New King James. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things. Say that with me. All things. Now look at me. Does that mean it's about you or it's about him? Okay. God says, I want you to make sure that I'm in the middle of what you're doing. We want God to be a part of what we're doing, but we don't want him in the middle because it might not be what he's doing. You know, making sense. Okay, so be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication. That word supplication just literally means an earnest uh, sincerity of heart. Uh, You know, another translation will call it a petition. When you petition something, there's an earnestness, there's an entreaty that you're really longing for something to happen. Are you, are you with me so far? Okay. Is there, uh, some people say that my voice gets too soft sometimes. Is it too soft? Is it too loud? Is it okay? How's it over there, Jack? Is it okay? Yeah, that's what I thought. Ken, how's it back there? Is it okay? Okay. So if I get too soft, I get too loud, please tell me. Well, I, you know. Uh, so uh, be anxious for nothing. But in all things, by prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving, let your... Oh, you're reading. I'm not. Go ahead. (laughs) But you start with the
1: beginning again. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ. Don't worry. Be thankful. Then
0: peace comes. You see the order? Don't worry, be thankful. I think it's interesting, that passage. Worry about nothing, but in all things, by prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. Then what's the next statement? Let your request be made. After Thanksgiving, let your request be made. After Thanksgiving, let your request be made. You know why? That's a question. I'm looking for an answer. Oh, don't you know, Pastor? Yeah, but I want you to answer it. He inhabits the praises of his people. Very good. But there's more. Okay? Why does God say before petition, before request, be thankful? Um, Gina, uh, not Gina's Carl. husband, Carl, Carlos. Carl. No, not Carl, Carlos. Okay? Why does he say... Be thankful before you ask. Carlos Where's our mic runner?:
2: <laughs> I need, need steps, step, so I'll do it.
0: Okay. Go ahead. OK, now listen to me. please, I want, I want your thoughts, because what this is about, I'm getting into the mind. Okay, this next couple weeks, two or three weeks possibly, I'm going to be directly dealing with why you have problems. And I say you, me too, okay, when I don't do this correctly, I have issues, okay? And it's, it's, it's not rocket science, folks. It's in God's Word. He lays it out specifically for reasons, Okay? Prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving. Let your request. With Thanksgiving, let your request. Before you request, be thankful. Why? Because we have to trust in what God's going to do. Trust in what God's going to do. Okay. Are we getting less uh, up here in front with Valerie, and then Tandy afterwards? But Valerie first. Okay. Think about it. You probably don't need that. Are me. you seeing an? Or yeah, we we want to record. We record it. So every every Sunday or every week they get to know that that uh, Valerie's talking now and Carlos is talking. And
2: <laughs> I would just think that he wouldn't want to give you anything else if you're not thankful for what you already have.
0: Okay. He wouldn't want to give you anything if you're not thankful. All of these are correct answers, but there's more.
2: I think being grateful for what you have before you ask for what more could you want.
0: Being grateful for what you have before you ask for more. Eula?
1: Before we ask, he answers.
0: Before he asks, we answer. All good answers. Over here, Jeff. And then uh, I've got to be careful with this preacher. Give this preacher. He might get cut loose. So, yeah. Uh, let Jeff go first. He was first.
1: If you put your mind on God, then you put it in towards him. It's like if somebody says red monkeys, you're going to think of red monkeys. <laughs>
2: Uh, I think, remember we had, uh, I think it was last year or a couple of years ago, we had that uh, Bible study. Uh, first was to, to praise the Lord, and this was part of prayer, was praising him, praising him, giving him the allegiance, and then, and then secondly was uh, uh, being thankful to him for his goodness to all of us, and maybe like Psalm 100, and uh, the thirdly, it was then, then you can present your okay. petition. See, these are all correct. Anybody else
0: before I, before I come? Uh, Justin? Folks, this is, this is what Wednesday night's about. A lot of times I have so much information, I, I don't have the floor open as much as I'd like it to, but this is, this is how you grow. And people say, well, Pastor, I just got a dumb question. The only dumb one's the one not asked because I can guarantee the question you have, 15 other people have the same question. Justin?
1: I think... Uh when you come to him with a thankful heart, it changes your perspective and you, you won't be anxious to ask good. for a request.
0: Very good. Good. Pastor, honey? I'm sorry? Uh, not right. I might need a later, but not right now. I'm fine. I don't think I'm going to need it, but I might. Okay, we had another hand over here. Uh, David? David?
1: God's will is for us to be thankful, and by being thankful we we open our, ourselves up. It's a humble heart. It creates an attitude of humility and you know thankfulness.
0: All of these are correct, and every one of them are dancing right around the answer. okay? Go ahead. No, it's not my answer. I'm going to show you the answer, okay? Go ahead. Who else? Leslie? I mean, Valerie?
2: takes our minds off of ourselves and puts it on
0: God. Every one of these are correct. I'm going to take you, okay, every one of these. Okay, say it with me. Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, heaven. hallowed be thy name. Thy Thy will be done done on on earth as it is in heaven. When you position thanksgiving before petition, you put it back in God's court. You're saying, God, you're in charge. I'm not even asking without being thankful. And you know what happens when you start being thankful? Your list is endless. You start thanking God, how many have ever run out of something to thank God for? You come to realize very quickly How it's him. And you know what happens when I start doing that? You know what the devil looks like? He goes from there to there to there to there. He gets smaller and smaller. That anxiety gets smaller and smaller. Why? Where is the very first thing? You learn the relationship, our Father, and then you learn the positional understanding who art in heaven everything's under him. <laughs> Folks, that was worth the night of admission right there. That was it. That was. <laughs> you, 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 got, you got what I'm talking about? See, every one of the answers you had were correct. They were all pieces of the part. But this is the whole part. David?
1: The Lord was just, has been showing me for a while how, how deep thankfulness how spiritually deep thankfulness and gratitude is oh it, it seems yeah. so superficial and easy but it's not it's it's deep spiritual mojo
0: <laughs> okay let me let me do this do you know how hard it is to get people to even say thank you yeah in today's society you know what i hear all the time no problem no worries yeah no worries Well, the one that gets my goat is is no problem, like it was a problem. I'm sorry, taking care of me was a problem. I was just saying thank you. Earl, did you have something? Or Errol? Okay. I always call him Earl, but it's Errol. Errol, Errol. okay. Okay, so let me read a couple things to you, okay? Anybody else have anything? Do, do, Do you grab a hold of that? Okay. When we start understanding, I call it dispositional positioning, Okay. It's an attitude of relationship. That's all that term means. That's one of those temisms that I used all these years. It's called an attitude of relationship, dispositional positioning, okay? My attitude of the relationship I have. Man, you can tell when this isn't hot, can't you? Praise the Lamb of God. There's nothing. If you're a cold coffee person, my heart goes out. For, I can't drink cold coffee. Uh, Okay, so did everybody, okay, so let me get into this. Spiritual warfare is a, <laughs> will somebody go, 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 no, never mind. Anyway, spiritual warfare is what we're talking about here. If we could grab a hold of the, and just once again, it's not my phrase, somebody else's, the attitude of gratitude, you will watch I, literally things begin to disappear in your life because when you're grateful, the enemy has no power. See, I'm going to take you all the way back to the Garden of Eden in just a minute and where it all began. People say, well, I come from a dysfunctional family. Duh. How many here are in the lineage of Adam and Eve? We're all from a dysfunctional family, folks. Okay, so uh, when we come into understanding that if I just you know, you know people like I said, and you've heard me share this before, people get, Pastor, why do you say praise the Lord, whether it's good or bad? He's in charge. You mean the bad thing that happened, God did. Nope, but He's the only hope of getting that bad turned around. So praise the Lord. You know, I get a call at you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, what, whatever time it was you called, 2.30. And the first thing that came out of my mouth when I heard what was going on, I get up out of bed and I get ready, you know, to go uh, to the hospital and so on and so forth. But I'm, praise the Lord. He's the only hope. Guys, gals, are you getting this? It's not rocket science. It's real simple. If I praise the Lord, In the midst of everything, can the devil do anything? It confounds him. How can he praise the Lord? Because you're nothing, he's something, what else do I need? Am I making sense? Some of you look at me like frogs in a hailstorm, you know. Dale, they'll get this afterwards, won't they? Yeah. (laughs) Spiritual warfare is a a theme so central to Scripture, yet so neglected in the church. Many people in the church have given up on it because it they They would rather look at it as a figment of their imagination, superstition, or simply if you're involved in it, it's a lack of spiritual maturity. You just can't control yourself. I've had people say, pastor, you know i you know I shouldn't confess when there's something going wrong, you know because if i show that that'll show my my immaturity. why? can I tell you something if something's going wrong, it's okay to say something's going wrong, but in the midst of it. It's good to thank God that he's going to make it right. When people tell you, you're weak in faith when you do that. Folks, you want to take you through this Bible and tell you how many people before they got strong, they were pretty weak. Let me see if I can mention one name. Oh, yeah, Paul the apostle. He was pretty weak. And he went through lots of weaknesses, and he admitted it. I love Philippians 4. We all love Philippians 4.13. How many know what it is? Philippians four thirteen. Go ahead.
1: I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I
0: can me. do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many know what Philippians 4, 14 says? See, we love that verse and we stay on that verse. But you know what 14 says? He says, but I thank God that you guys are there with me because I needed you. God did everything. I stood on God doing everything. But you know what happens when I got somebody there with me? Let's see, what's the proverb writers say? Two are better than one. And a threefold cord is not easily broken. Can I tell you, when I'm feeling weak, I'm needing need you pretty bad. Oh, but pastor. You're the strongest guy in the church. Oh, yeah, and the devil loves that too. So guess what? That only means that when he beats on me, it's just a little bit harder than when he beats on you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But I thank God that you were with me. Did you pull it up, Jeff? What's it exactly say? Nevertheless, you have done well that you have shared in my distress. I can do all things. But I tell you what, if I'm really going through the muck and mire, and folks, this is is one of my demises, okay? I don't ask for help well. I'm always given help. And so it's really hard for me to ask for help. So if you see me, it looks like I'm sucking fuzz. That just means I'm really down low and, you know, the carpet's coming up and I'm, yeah. Gosh. Man, I got to educate you all on some of these. Ken, help me out here. This is all vernacular. You, yeah, we, yeah. Oh, he's probably sitting back there saying, I don't know that either. But think about it, okay? All of us get down there. We have to admit this stuff. So the question is, is there any hope in this life for winning a battle against the enemy if we have a selfish disposition? If it's about us. The minute it's about you, you lose. The minutes about them, we lose. The minutes about him, we win. Because the enemy can stand against us, he can't stand against him. And it's him and us that's the hope of glory. It's him and us that overcomes the devil. Are you am I making sense today? Okay? Why? The reason that we get into this, this area, this seductive and oppressive environment that we live in. Okay, so I've got a lot of, a lot of different stuff. How many, how many here have ever read the Screwtape Letters? Lift your hand up high. We've got two three. It's a, it's a little, di- what is it, eight chapters. I mean, it's a little dinky book. It's about, it's about uh, uh, Uncle Screwtape and his nephew Wormwood, or is it the other way around? Wormwood and Screwtape. Okay? And basically, it is an allegory of, of how Satan runs spiritual warfare and how he gets into your mind. I recommend to every single one of you, C.S. Lewis, one of the great writers and great Christians of, of years gone by, C.S. Lewis, little bitty book, Screw Tape Letters. Read it. And, you know, another book, If you, it's a huge book, is called uh, 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 Pre- This Present Darkness. This Present Darkness, a big thick book by uh, Peretti. Is that right? right. And there's another one called Piercing the Darkness. Just gives you a good insight into spiritual warfare, how things happen. Uh, 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 Don't answer Carmen. Yes. Carmen, right? Okay, good. Good. And then Steve, you had a question or something? Okay. Go ahead, Carmen. I just have a comment on the screw tape letters when I was younger in high school. I started reading it. I got about
1: halfway through the chapter. It is so heavy. Oh, it I, is? I could, I, at the time, I, I could not finish it. It was so heavy that, I mean, I would read like three pages and I'd have to put the book down. Yeah.
0: It used to be required university reading before they threw God out of the school. It used to be required university reading. Uh, everybody that was in any kind of literature classes, they did it as literature more than you know, as a spiritual thing. But it's a great book. Uh, you, if you haven't read it, I would encourage you. Uh, Peretti, uh, This Present Darkness. Uh, I'll tell you a true story. The captain of the angels, the, the army of the angels that was in this present darkness, uh, the captain's name was Towel. If you remember reading the book, Captain Towel was the head of the angels. And he was the guy that ran everything. Well, I was flying back from Australia. Uh, this was back in the, I don't know, the 80s or 90s. And it was one of the worst airplane flights I've ever been on in my life. I mean, that airplane, uh, it was a big old 747. And uh, it was just, it was getting beat around. I just thought, we're going down any time. I knew we weren't, but it was just freaky. And I was praying. I'm thinking, I had just finished reading This Present Darkness. And uh, so I'm thinking, okay, this Warfare, you know. I'm just kind of picturing it all, and I'm going through it all, and, and I'm just praying. You know, it's one of those flights where you're white knuckling, and so I'm just. It's really, it's really a bad flight. And all of a sudden, we're landing in San Francisco. We're, we're coming in an SFO, and uh, the pilot came on. Uh, not the the uh, yeah the pilot came on, and then the or the first mate. Who who's the one that speaks to you? Co-pilot. The co-pilot is the one that speaks to you, and then the pilot comes on at the end. You know, usually he comes in to settle the whole thing. Anyway, the the, uh, the co-pilot came on and, and said, you know, his stuff. And then all of a sudden, the pilot comes on and says, you know, guys, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so sorry. I tried to get above this. I tried to get. Okay. My battery. Something. Well, it's. It's. Anyway, it says it says there, it's got batteries. Yeah, one, two. It says it's good. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, uh I'm I'm you can go ahead and put them in there and see what it is. So I I'm on this Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, devil, you're not gonna do <laughs> Hello. Hello. I don't know why this isn't working on the microphone. Are the speakers still on? One, two? Anyway, one, two, anyway, 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 anyway. So I'm, so yeah, we only do the microphone for the recor- recording anyway. But uh, so I'm there and I'm on this airplane and all of a sudden the first mate comes on and does his thing and, and talks and, and shares all of his stuff. And then the captain comes on and, and uh, you know, says, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so sorry. I try to fly above it. I try to get below it. I got to go around. I try to do everything. But thank you. For your patience, you that prayed, thank you for your prayers, and we just appreciate it. We're preparing preparing to to land into to uh, uh, San Francisco, and uh, on 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 behalf of myself, Captain Towel, and our crew, thank you for flying, (laughs) folks. I believe in spiritual warfare. Now, was that guy's name really Captain Tal, or did I hear Captain Tau? Don't know. But the reality is when you neglect the concept of spiritual warfare in the Christian life, then you're already defeated. And every bump in the road that you have will just be a bump in the road. And it'll just be the same, and it'll be the same, and it'll be the same. You've got to start, we have got to start uh, understanding what it is we're dealing with. Can somebody say amen? amen. Okay, so let me take you to uh, something else that I want to read. I was, just, I was studying this today and, and looking through things, uh, and I got, I got this in my email today. And the email is just simply titled, A Sacrifice of Praise. Not working still? It says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice. Sometimes the last thing we want to do is give thanks. It's one thing to give thanks when the bills are paid and our health is good, listen to me, and the future is bright, but when there is a sudden, even tragic turn in our lives, are we still thankful? To give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Psalm 106, verse 1. It doesn't say when it's good, give thanks. It doesn't say when everything's peachy king, give thanks. He says, so the article goes on, sometimes we feel good, and sometimes we're not feeling so good. Yet God says, in all things. 1 Thessalonians. In all things. Why am I why am I at this place? There we go. What was it? Everybody tell Bob thank you. But think about it. Think about it. If we would get to the place of always giving thanks, if you're thankful no matter what. What can the devil do? He can't do anything. He loses. Like you've heard me share the story about, about Paul, Paul the Apostle. You know, they said, if you don't shut up about this Jesus, we're gonna we're gonna stone you. Well that's that's happened three times. They've left me for dead out there, and you know, okay. One more time I think I'm, I'm okay, yeah. Well, if you don't shut up about Jesus, we're gonna we're gonna beat you with sticks. Well, that's happened twice, you know. Okay, I don't like it, but okay, if that's what you got to do. You know, Paul, if if you don't shut up about Jesus, we're going to kill you. He said, you know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Do you mind? What do you do? What can the enemy? But let me make it personal. What can anybody around you do? Because every physical fruit Write this down, folks. Every physical fruit has a spiritual root. Bad or good. If you're a child of God, every physical fruit has a spiritual root. We are spirit people living in a physical reality. The real John, the real Dylan the real Will, the real David, the real Dale, the real Justine, the real Ken, the real Vivian, your spirit, that's going to live forever. Okay? Think of Job. Look at Job. We don't know the actual time frame, but it looks like in a 24-hour period, he goes from everything to literally nothing. I mean everything, family and all. Except for his complaining wife. Can't get rid of those. I didn't say that. All she says, is curse God and die. But his kids were gone. Everything. Uh, JJ. Okay, real quick. Let, get the mic because it has to be on the, uh, well, doesn't have to be. We'd like to get on the recording.
2: Thank you very much. Um, the thing that I want to say is that as long as you have strong faith and you go through good and bad, the way I see it through my personal life, if I go through bad, I, I stop myself. If I hit a bump in the road in life and I ask myself, like, what's going on? Why, why am I doing this wrong? Why is it going wrong? I like to look back at God and pray and be like, you know what? I know you never put more than enough on my plate that I can't chew. And I know this is just you telling me slow down. Look at the perspectives and let's go a different route because you know what's best for me. Amen. And I'm here to listen.
0: We're, we're nailing it on the head right there, folks. Okay, you look at where you're at. Well, you know, it, God hates me or the devil's beating me. It might not be either. It might just you had bad pizza last night. <laughs> folks, I, you, could, you can give glory to the devil or you can give glory to God. And what, what JJ just said is I look at this thing and say, okay, God, I know you're in charge. I don't know why this bump has happened. Okay, once again, look at Job. Okay, I was, you, all you did is articulate in the natural, what I was just going to talk about the, of, of days gone by. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Everything. And what was his response? Oh, God, I oh, God. I mean, was, was he moaning, groaning, whining, crying? Now look at his response. He said, naked I came in. Naked I go out, blessed be the name of the Lord. I say it this way, praise the Lord. Good happens, praise the Lord. Bad happens, praise the Lord. See, God's, God's got to be the one. And then, and then Job went the rest of the way. He said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. i got so much more I could say on that, but let's get into our notes, okay? Okay, I see a hand going up back there, I think, out of my periphery. So if there is a hand, then take your microphone back there to it. Was there a hand?
1: (laughs) David, go ahead. Fun thing about Job, one of the things he prays for, he says, oh, that there was a book. Yeah. And he was the first book written. Most likely. How
0: many think Job would have been pretty cool <laughs> if he could have opened up the book of Job and read about himself? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's why the Bible has that, I, I don't know who came up with the acronym, Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. There is not a single thing you'll ever get deal with that the Bible hasn't already dealt with. That's
2: right. Nothing.
0: Well, listen, an, it's antique. It's not relevant for today. That's your first problem. You always say, well, pastor, why is that my first problem? Because it's about you and not God. The Bible doesn't fit your standard. Same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay? Satan's strategy is to wreak havoc. I'm in your notes. To to wreck your Christian life with his ultimate goal to destroy every Christian he can. We have learned that that, that, uh, Satan's... That Satan strategically designs and strategizes to bring down anything and anyone that stands with or for God. The Bible is full of examples of average people. Average people who had personal contact with Satan. That we can learn from their experiences in order to give us some insight into when and how the strategies of Satan work. Okay? Okay. Average people, Job, Eve, Joshua, David. Yes, we read them in the Bible. But you know, before they were in the Bible, they were just average Joes. They're just average people. But we see through their lives that Satan hasn't changed his tactics. As I say tongue in cheek, folks, and if everybody anybody gets offended by it, please forgive me, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Satan has no new bag of tricks. Just a new bag of fools. That's all he has. Okay. If we choose to ignore, that's what we are. <coughs> okay. The, the, the tactics, the targets that Satan aims at in our life are right in Scripture. The purposes he wants to achieve, the weapons he uses to attack us, and the defenses God has provided each of us. Okay. A statement I want you to write down. And I want you to do this as the offering baskets are coming by. People ask me, say, Pastor, why did you start taking offerings on Wednesday nights? Because I need, I used to take tithe and offerings every single time we had a service. But I had several people years ago ask me, said, Pastor, I can't be there on Sunday. Can we give on Wednesday? And so we've taken and we've done tithe and offerings every Wednesday since. So if you're here and you, you uh, normally do your tithe on Sunday but you're not going to be here, okay, or if you do whatever you do, then, you know, give. If you would, Carlos, thank you. Uh, So anyway, we're going to get into Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Hopefully everybody that I gave scriptures to remembers. Okay, so microphone back there to Sherelle. You're getting steps, right? Okay, good. I'm going to put people up in Bob's booth too to where you can get stairs. Okay, just kidding. Okay? So I want you to listen, okay? Before Sherelle reads, the statement that I was going to make... And, and I want you to write this down. Satan has no authority. He only has power. He has no authority. All of his dominion was taken away from him when he, when he was cast out of heaven. He still has demons and, and a hierarchical structure underneath him. But he has no authority in your life. But he does have power. He does have Have power. And his power, don't you ever mess with. Because you will lose. Okay? And that's not a scary thing. It's a very easy thing to overcome. We go back to the very beginning of our night. What did we talk about? Where is God supposed to be in our life? First. When it's about God, the devil loses. When it's about us, the devil wins. Pretty simple. He has no authority, but he does have power. And his power is one word. How many have been listening to me for years? What's that one word? Deception. Deception. He has the power of deception. And he's good. He's good at it. He's good at it. He's got everybody believing he's got little red horns and a pitchfork and a tail. You know, to a guy, if the devil showed up, he'd probably be the most beautiful woman that ever walked on the earth. To a woman, he'd probably be the most majestic man that ever walked on the earth. To a To a hunter, he might be the most majestic elk that ever showed up. If he, if to a, you know, just fill in the blank, whatever it is. I'm just saying, folks, that his deception is powerful. Don't ever play with it. Don't play with fire. You will get burned. Genesis chapter 3, this is where it all begins. And I'm going to tell you very simply how the deception works as we get into this. So, Sherelle, go ahead and I'll stop you a couple times along the way. But go ahead. What version? Uh, NIV. Okay.
2: Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made.
0: Okay. So who is the serpent? Okay. Was the serpent Satan originally? No. No. He was was just a snake. Okay. And the picture is that this snake actually walked on legs. I don't... Now, once again, all we can do is we we can decipher that by the fact that the Bible says... That from here forth, you're going to slither on your belly and eat the dirt. So that would give you an idea that he probably, maybe the snake had like a lizard. Uh, Josh?
1: In Revelation, it has a verse, maybe I misunderstand it. It says the serpent, the old serpent,
0: the devil. Yeah. Well, he is the serpent now. But originally, okay, God, Satan had taken and possessed. Once again, folks, like. This is not thus saith the Lord. It's not thus saith Tim. This is the picture that it gives us, that the devil chose the serpent to possess. Okay. A spirit being has to have a body. Are you okay? Questions? David. Where's our microphone? Don't we have a second microphone somewhere? Somewhere?
1: Go ahead. I've read uh, the different types of angels. They might have a, a cherub, cherubim, and then there's the seraphim, and they're usually depicted as a serpent-dragon type-like angel for yeah, some reason. Yeah, different,
0: yeah. Different and kind of...
1: So the thought that I've read is that you know Satan's seraph, you know one of the greatest creations that God made, you know beautiful, powerful, uh, head of the uh, angelic host, head of the host, and so he was a seraphim, which now we see all over the world, and you know dragons in China mm-hmm. and dragons in Thailand and even yeah. uh, Mexico and old Indian, it's yeah. all dragons and snakes, yeah. and so maybe he, you know, that was his original form. Who knows? Yeah, there, there's all kinds of speculation. I my my initial and in the natural mind, I'm thinking
0: God's not wanting a snake in his throne room, which is where Lucifer was. He was the anointed cherub that covered. Uh, and so we we look at all of this, but we see the serpent, and I didn't mean to get on this little tangent, but understand that, that a spirit being, if he possessed the body, not sure if it is seraphim. You know, I don't know, folks. Don't know. Look at it for what it is. But it says, the serpent was what? Craftier, cunning, deceptive, forked tongue of any of the wild animals. So we have the picture that this was a literal animal on the earth. Okay? Which is why I'm not necessarily moving towards that direction, David. Who knows? Who knows? It's not one of those things to live or die for, folks. It's just we're looking at the picture here. But I want you to look at that word craftier, craftier. Now, look at me. Look at me, please. Do not think you will outwit the devil. You won't. That's why God says don't even play. Don't even give place to him. You lose. You lose. Pastor, you sound so adamant. Yes, because I've lost before. Are you okay? So, go ahead and start there again.
2: Well, I have a question real quick.
0: Oh, you have a question. Go ahead.
2: Didn't you say one time that the serpent had to give his I can't hear her.
0: Uh, Kathy, could you turn her up a little bit? It could be me because of my hearing aids, but if you could turn her up a little bit. No, you're working. I'm just not hearing you. Go ahead.
2: Didn't you say one time that the serpent you had to give the, permission?
0: Yeah. That. I'm sorry. This, it's just got all the <laughs> reverb and stuff. Can you turn all that off, please? Didn't I say one time
2: that the serpent had to give permission for for Satan to come into him, like I, because remember when the when the pigs? Yeah. Ran over the cliff. Yep. and pigs are the best swimmers in the animal right? kingdom. So they chose to drown themselves rather than be possessed.
0: Okay, but it wasn't the pigs that gave permission. See, the the the, the, no, the demons still, in the man in the you know the legion yeah. said, "Jesus, send us into the pigs." Right. Okay, so it wasn't the pigs that had. So I, I may have said something. I, I don't know. I, well, I don't I remember just, saying something like that. But
2: well. If the ser- if the serpent is an animal and the pigs are animals, right? And the pigs would rather drown themselves than right? than give them themselves over to a demon, then wouldn't the serpent have to give permission in a way for that? Well, also? I, I
0: don't think the animal would have to give permission. That's why I'm, that's why I'm kind of I, I don't know what I would have said that might have given that impression. Uh, I I don't know. I'd have to. I can go study it and look at it and see if there was something that I might have been reading that gave that inclination, but I don't think because, like the pigs, the pigs didn't didn't give permission. No. But once the demons were there, they said, "We don't want these guys here," so they went and drowned themselves. Right. And so, why didn't the serpent do that? Don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't have an answer. Doesn't mean I can't. I, I'm, if I remember, I'll go look. But good question. So go ahead.
2: He said to the woman, "Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden?"
0: Okay, so stop there. What did we're talking about? Satan. Okay, we're not talking about the physical serpent. We're talking about the the uh, the entity in the serpent. Okay, speaking. What was the statement that the devil made? Did he really say it? Okay, what does deception do? Deception doesn't necessarily blatantly go on your face. It questions. It question. Did, maybe you misunderstood. What is the, one of the greatest terms that we use in the Christian community? It all depends on how you interpret it. You might read it that way, but that's not how I read it. Did God, now who's in charge? Okay, no, who's in charge in that scenario? Satan. Me. No, me. Well, it's Satan's deception, but it's my choice. I don't like it being read that way. I want it to read this way. The whole thing about the, about we were talking about earlier, uh, the homosexual community. Okay, folks, there is nobody gay. Nobody's born gay. I don't refer to people as gay because I'm not going to put them in to that, that bondage because there's, they were born a man, they were born a woman, they were born for a man and for a woman. They weren't born two men for each other or two women for each other. Well, you know, that's the way they are born. Hogwash. There's no, There is no proof. And even if they try to make up proof what they keep trying to, God says no. Okay? And so the reality is the minute... And you know the Christian community is buying in this thing lock, stock, and barrel. And you know their reasoning? Well, the Bible has to adjust with the times. It's actually a living word. Yes, it is. But it's not changing. Are you okay? Okay. So this is the deception. So what did the enemy do? He questioned God. He didn't deny God. Remember in the garden, in the uh, wilderness? If you be the Son of God. Oh, you're really living for God, John? Maybe you're looking at this thing wrong. Is that really how God feels? Has anybody had any thoughts like that? Maybe I'm the one that's all messed up. Well, you might be, but it's only because you're listening to the Father in Heaven or the Father of the world.
2: That's right.
0: Are you with me? Mm Who? (laughs) (laughs) Who's your daddy, Josh? Real quick. Is the microphone not working? We'll just go ahead and speak loudly. I, we, do, we don't have time to. Okay, I the because <laughs> God told Adam and not her, therefore, said about yep. the verse that um,
1: she just read. Is the devil went to her because God instructed him?
0: Okay, so let me let me maybe I'm yeah. God instructed. I questioned it. Okay, we can speculate and we can conjecture as much we want to. I'm, I want to settle this thing because I've heard lots of people use that terminology. Well, you know, God told Adam, but he didn't tell Eve. How many think God is stupid? No, I know you're not. I know you're not. I'm just I'm addressing this thing because I've heard a lot of Christians make this comment. You know, the God told Adam all of this stuff, but he didn't tell Eve. Can I tell you something? There's not much that I know my wife doesn't know. And there's not much my wife knows that I it's called a covenant. And you know what? If God told Adam, I guarantee you Adam told Eve. Okay? And then the picture, the big picture, the Bible says she ate the fruit And then she threw it. Hey, Ken, catch this. No. No. The Bible says then she turned and handed it to her husband. He was right there. So guess what? Even if God did tell Adam only, Adam would have stood there and said, hey, chickadee. No, 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 on that tree. Okay. So, you know, I just, once again, we go back to the interpretation thing. And it's easy for me to read what I like and what I want and what I believe. But you know the common denominator of those three statements? I. I. What's the first word, idolatry? Does that make sense? Okay. So if you can continue on, we will get through this.
2: The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die.
0: Okay, now let's stop there. She's already been mastered by deception because God didn't say that. Oh, God said you can eat of any tree in the garden, and we're going to get into that when we read Genesis 2. He said, but from the tree in the middle of the garden, don't eat. They had to touch it because they had to take care of it. God did not say, you must not touch it. They had to take care of those trees just like every other tree. What did Eve already do? She gave in to the deception. Had God said... Well no, God said we can't we can't eat. We can't even touch it. Really? Are you with me? You with me, Val? Good. You got it? I mean, are, are, are you with me though? Think about this, folks. Okay. And then look what the devil does.
2: You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman.
0: You will not certainly die. Well, now what's he doing again? He's right back into deceptive. You see, he sees that he's got her. Because he sees that now she has twisted the truth. He said. She decided to talk to him. Thank you. Think about it. Think about it. Has God said? No, God said we could do this, but he said we can't touch it. How many know you want something you can't touch? Okay. Certainly you will not die, the serpent said to the woman. But listen to what he says now. Now he starts dealing with her pride, her arrogance, her self. Look what he says now. Go ahead.
2: For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God.
0: And you will what? God God is selfish. He doesn't want me to grow. He doesn't want me to know. And it says that you'll know good and evil. You'll be like God if you eat of that. And God don't want to share. You see how the devil plays the game? Now I'm gonna I'm gonna well go ahead go ahead and well uh, yeah, uh, yeah Yeah, go ahead and finish. Go ahead.
2: And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he
0: ate it. He didn't throw it across the garden? Adam, come over here. He gave some to him who was with her. It's just amazing when you just read the parts of the Bible you want to read. But when you start reading all of it, okay, so... So I want you to point, picture these three concepts. The tree was good for food, pleasing to the to uh, uh, pleasing to the eye, and desirable for gaining wisdom. Remember those three things. This is the very beginning of scripture. I'm going to show you the problem hasn't changed. At the very end of scripture, is the exact same problem. So go ahead.
2: Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves.
0: Their eyes were opened. Candy, microphone. Is it working? Okay. Oh, you got one. Good.
2: So, oh. you know, he, Eve gets blamed for this a lot, but Adam's the head of the household, and he was right there with her getting the same lies that she was my husband would not allow me to have eaten from that tree.
0: Okay, I mean, so let's stop there for just a second. Wives, I'm gonna be your best friend. <laughs> you know why? When God came walking in the garden, did you know he went right straight after Eve. <laughs> Eve, where are you? Eve, what's going on? Eve, you bad girl. What did Adam what did God do when he came to the garden? Adam, where are you? Now the Bible says Eve was the one in the transgression. But who did But who was the one that gave to it? Adam. Let's go back to your thing. Well, Adam knew better. They both knew better.
2: What made him so what made him so vulnerable? You know like what made was, him so vulnerable? Like I really feel like dialing today would be like, no. Okay. Be in no discussion. You're not doing There's it. a
0: statement I make. The wrong place is always the wrong time. If you're playing with the devil, you lose. If you're conversing with the devil, you lose. If you're dancing with the devil, you lose. God says flee. Even the appearance. <clears throat> See, I'm talking about the mind here, folks. Talk about the mind. Okay, this is what the enemy is doing. This whole thing is he's dealing with her mind. He, she, he's dealing with her senses. Okay, I want I want I didn't give it to somebody earlier. Carol, First John chapter two verse sixteen. Okay, three things. Okay, we're going from Genesis, the first book of the Bible, to the last book before the apocalypse. 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. Okay, they were one, they were one book, uh, well, three chapters, but one book written by John the Apostle. Okay, so look what it says. Here in, in uh, the woman, she looked at the tree that the fruit was good for food, pleasing to the eye and desirable to make one wise. What's it say in 1st John?
2: Go 16, ahead. 16. Uh-huh. What's it say? For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father but from the world.
0: Which version are you reading? Uh, NIV. Okay. Let me take you different, to a, a different... Remember I told you about the different NIVs? They all read differently. The newer versions read differently than the older versions. Here's the older version. The older NIV says, everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So let's go back to Genesis. Look what it says here. Say, for God knows the day you leave. Okay. She saw that the fruit was good for food. What's he dealing with? The flesh. Lust of the flesh. Pleasing to the eyes. What's he dealing with? The lust of the eyes, desirable for gaining wisdom. What's he dealing with? The pride of life. Hasn't changed. Same problem. Same problem every single one of us. When we start, listen to me, please, because we're going to wrap this up.
1: Uh,
0: we're not getting real far tonight, but hopefully we're doing really well. Doing extremely well, guys. You're asking great questions. Okay? The minute the devil can get you into that category... See, what do I you mean in that category? It's about you. You've lost. Until you turn it around and put it back to God. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. I need a microphone back to Carlos and then up here to Bill. Okay? Does everybody see this? Do we see the picture? Carlos? So God is always with us. But in the garden, uh, I guess was he allowing them just to be tempted, or? And then uh, the other part of my question is that: did they not have the Holy Spirit or a conscience to uh, to guide them? Hold on just a second. Let me take it. My mic's not working again.
1: Uh, They're all gone.
0: Okay. The question was James chapter one verse fourteen. I'm gonna read it to you. You don't have, you can write it down, you don't have to turn there, but you can go look it yourself. James one fourteen tells us why we're tempted. And then just soon as I tell it, read it to you, you'll go back to the garden and you go back to first John chapter two. Look what it says here. Every person is tempted when they're drawn away of their own flesh and enticed. When it's about who? When it's about me. When it's about you. Everyone is tempted. Not beforehand. Well, okay, let me take you to, to Matthew, Matthew 3. Okay? Jesus is led by God into the wilderness. I know some of you guys I gave scriptures to are probably not going to get to them. Don't freak out. Don't freak. We'll, we'll get to them next week. Okay? Jesus was led by who? By the Spirit. He's led by God. For what purpose? To be tested. The Bible doesn't say that about us. But the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that he was tested. That he could taste death for everyone. That he could go through everything that you and I ever went through. And what was the first thing that God tested them on. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Folks, it doesn't change. No new bag of tricks. No new bag of tricks. What you talking about? In the wilderness. Oh, you must be hungry. 40 days. You ain't been eating for 40 days. Command those stones to become bread. What are you talking about? Lust of the flesh. Oh, Eve saw that the tree was good for food lost to the flesh. Pretty soon it takes them. Jesus says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. What did Jesus do that's different than what we do? He took them back to the throne. What do we do? Well, yeah, I, I am kind of hungry. Every time I go by Jeff and Lucinda's little nut shop out there at the mall, I'd be really hungry. I'd be lacking them nuts. Mm. Okay, lust of the flesh. Turn those stones to bread. Jesus said, it is written. Man ain't going to live by bread alone, but by every word. He took him right back. What did Job do? Hey, I was naked when I come. I'm naked when I'm going. Praise the Lord. God gave, God took away. Praise the Lord. What do you do when you're thankful? What can the enemy do? The second thing. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world. He said, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all this. Now, let me ask a question. Why didn't Jesus just say, oh, shut up, devil, it's not yours? Why did Jesus not say that? Bill? It was his. It is his. It's not was, it is his. No. He is the God the of this world. Yeah, no, you're, you're correct. It is his. And it will be his until... He is thrown in the bottom of his pit. Okay? So, okay? Now we have the lust of the eyes. I'll give you all this. Ooh, pretty cool kingdoms. Jesus said, it is written, I'll serve the Lord my God, and him alone will I serve. What was the last thing? The pride of Life. He took him to the top of the temple. Pinnacle of the temple. We saw it, didn't we? Mm -hmm. We saw it. Took him to the top. We saw it, didn't we, Jack? Pinnacle of the temple. The the front corner of the temple mount. We were right there. Satan was up there with the devil. Or with Jesus. He said, throw yourself down. For it is written. Ooh. Ooh. He used God's word against God. See, Satan, he's clever. Oh, he's the craftiest of everyone. You play wits with the devil, you lose. It is written. He'll, he'll cause the angels charge over you, and you won't even dash your foot against a stone. The pride of life. Throw yourself off. Throw your whole life away. And Jesus said, you'll not tempt the Lord thy God, and you'll serve him alone. And immediately the devil went. What am I saying in all of this, folks? The battle's in the mind, and he never stops. If he can't get you with the lust of the flesh, he'll get you to the lust of the eyes. If he can't get you from lust of the eyes, he'll get you to the pride of life. And if he can't get you the pride of life, he'll get you to the lust of the flesh. If he can't get you the lust of flesh, say, Pastor, there's only three things. That's all there ever is. Just different packages. All the same thing. All the same thing. My wife is a beautiful, beautiful woman. But you know how many beautiful women he'll bring by me if he thinks my eye can get swayed? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. He did it in the garden. He did it with the Son of God. In the end of the world, he said, If you love these things, we didn't read the end of that. He said, But if you love these things, the love of the Father is not in you. Pretty serious stuff, isn't it? How am I going to learn something tonight? Okay? This is the battle. That's why I took you to Thanksgiving at the beginning. Lift your hands. I don't have time to get into a bunch of anything else. So if you kept your scriptures, come back next week. We'll get back into them. Okay? But the reality, if you've got questions, lift your hands. Now is the time to ask. If you've got disgruntledness, you say, I don't agree. Well, let's talk about it. Can I tell you something? There's only one that is perfectly right. His name is Jesus, and I ain't him.
1: Okay, Bill? Well, it just seemed interesting to me that Genesis with uh, Eve, um, the devil was really twisted. He really didn't have to twist too much because Eve didn't know the truth when she started talking with him and back to him about can't even touch it. So he used that. Oh, I know what the truth is, so I'll I'll use that. Would it be um, fair to say or truth to say that the devil knows? The word better than anyone could ever (laughs) other than God. Once again So why try to you know, unless we really know the Word, you you better not try to Once again you go
0: wits with the devil folks there's only two people three people that know the Word of God better than the devil the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. But the only thing is when he speaks, even the truth is a lie because he's speaking it. Cuz he's doing it for his advantage to deceive you. Somebody else, quick quickly quick lift your hands. Don't just speak, but you got a question, you got a good stuff. How many thought tonight's session was good? Did you learn something? Okay. We're going to get we're going to get deep into this because if I can get you to understand and folks tell people in the church Talk about, you know, I, I was talking to, uh, I think it was Bob or, or Bill or something. I was talking to, if I could get you guys to talk about this stuff on Facebook instead of all the garbage most people talk about. Of course, nobody in this room. Oh, okay. If I could talk, get you talking about, man, I learned this tonight. I learned this. You know what you're going to do? Faith comes by hearing. You're going to plant seeds into people's lives, and the devil ain't going to like it. But how many know, he's mad, I'm glad, I know how to tease him, you know, whatever. Uh, Questions, anybody? Uh, 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 Hensley, microphone, microphone, quick, 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 quick. Run, run. Go ahead, Hensley. Pastor, I don't have a question.
2: I'm going to have surgery Friday at 2 o'clock. I have a lot of faith in you, Pastor. I want you to pray for me, please.
0: Well, I got faith in Jesus in me, and I will pray with you, okay? Why don't you lay hands on him right now? Everybody stretch your hands towards Hensley. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray for Hensley. We thank you, Lord. It's not by might or power. It's by your spirit, God. You can reach into that body even before the doctors touch him, Father God, and you can bring a healing, God. Let your your plan, your purpose, God, your healing be completely manifest in him. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Any other questions going once? David, over here, quickly. Quick, 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 quick. Run, 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 run. Run. Microphone, run, run.
1: No, don't throw it, please. Okay, so you have to think that Satan fell before Adam fell. So Satan is rebelling. But when Adam fell, when Adam and Eve fell, that brought death into the whole creation right. i mean it shook the whole creation but when satan fell there's no mention of the whole creation being shaken so we must we must just be much greater than the angels well,
0: that's what the bible teaches the bible teaches that jesus was made he stepped out of eternity in time i just preached on this a few weeks ago okay he made himself a little lower than the angels for what purpose to bring glory to God, and to lift us back to our rightful position. We are going to judge the angels. The angels are lower than us. Oh, they're greater than us in power and might and authority. But they are created beings created to worship God. You and I were created with a choice to love God. And because we love him, we worship him. Okay? When Satan fell, okay, he was just, he was an angel. God cast him out. When you and I fell, we changed the whole scope of eternity. Okay? And I had people ask me. You say we're going to judge angels? Yes. That's what the Bible teaches. First Corinthians. Show, I'll show you afterwards. Okay. Yeah. Okay? Good question. Did that answer? Did it, okay. No, go ahead. Is,
2: do you think immature Christians are more open to um, or are more vulnerable to Satan because they don't know enough to recognize him and Fight him off.
0: That's 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 kind of a, a. You got to differentiate immature and mature. Are you talking about the time of being saved? Are you talking about somebody really that is really growing in God, but they just haven't grown? They're like a baby. They're really growing, but they're not as mature as a mature. My personal opinion: I think mature Christians can fall easier than immature Christians. Okay. Why? Because sometimes we get caught up in our lust of the flesh, lust of the the eyes, and the pride of life. We get caught up in a religious spirit. And so we start playing with the devil. Well, I can beat the devil. Oh, really? You can't? Come on, let's go toe-to-toe. Let's see. Okay? Will?
2: Well, isn't that why Satan, when Jesus was young, he tried to... Like when he went through Jerusalem and tried to kill all the children that were his age. Easier to take out a child
1: than... than Yeah, if you
0: can kill the child, you don't have to deal with a man. Okay? But notice in that, there was only one time the devil tried that. When he was a baby. When he was 12 years old, in the temple, amazing everybody. The devil knew, he's done. But he set out still to destroy him. And he thought that he won. But he didn't. All he did was defeated himself. Why? This is why, and I, I'm, I'm over time, guys. Folks, this always so much. It's, okay. This is why that the Bible says that only the Father knows certain things. Because the devil will get it out of you. But he won't get it out of that. Jesus doesn't even know the end, you know. He doesn't know his return. All he's waiting is for dad saying, okay, it's time. The battle is in the mind. We're going to get into this next week. Genesis 2, it's in your notes. Take your notes home, folks. I put a lot of work into putting these things together so you guys can take them home and study. Genesis 2 talks about the whole Picture of Adam being exposed, Eve being exposed, being taught. It nullifies that whole thing where God, where she said, well, God said you can't even touch it. Well, that's not what Genesis 2 says. They're supposed to touch it. Okay? And then, you know, James uh, 4.17. Uh, 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 what did I write that in there for? I got to remember what it says so I can tell me why. Why did I put James 4.17 in there? Oh, okay, he that knows to do good and does it not to him is sin. Okay. Don't play with sin. Don't play. If you're here and 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 you scope around and look, folks, it's only a matter of time. Okay? Don't play. Get serious with God. Okay? The ten virgins? They were both exactly the same. It says that their lamps were trimmed. Immediately, if you study that, and or not study, if you look at it, you're thinking, well, the wicks, you know, the trim, so they're burning. But the problem was is they were, you know, they didn't have the oil. The oil talked about the dedication of their life, okay? But the trimming talked about the decoration of the lamps. They both looked exactly the same. You can't tell them apart. The ten virgins, they all looked exactly the same. What was the difference? The dedication of their lives. One was looking for Jesus, and one was just going to church. Folks, if you ever have to get to the place to where somebody has to tell you when Jesus is coming back, you better get your heart right with God. I don't know when he's coming, but I'm living for him like he's coming today. That's how, okay? Because the Bible says only the ones that looked for him saw him when he came the 10 virgins when the the bridegroom showed up how come only 5 of them went cuz the other ones weren't ready they weren't looking they weren't watching father thank you for tonight thank you for your word thank you for your grace thank you lord that we are victorious because, God, we're not ignorant of the devil's devices. In Jesus' name. And Everybody said, amen. On a personal note, please pray for me. I have been going through so much torment since I started this series. Okay? I, my wife and I snuck away for three days last week. And some of you all know Pastor Ray preached on Wednesday. We just, I mean, I just told her, I said, honey, I got to get off this mountain. Okay? I got the three best night's sleep that I've had in three months because I left the mountain. The devil is not happy that I'm going through this extremity to help you to see him. So pray for us, okay? Pray for me, pray for her, and uh, pray for the church. Love you. Be blessed, be filled, Be be gone.